God's work. There are women and children in there. Summon my baby brother. Father chose you because he knows you're strong. You have to help us. In the Silver Mountains, they're said to be bandits who despise your brother and his men. I will have what is mine. Another podcast from Parts Unknown. It's Anthony Lewis here with Glenn. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am doing good, sir. And uh, Aaron, how are you doing? He's doing good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. I don't know if I can be as loud as Glenn. So in between I, I hits. Kind of intimidated. In between hits. I apologize. Uh, this is the finale episode of season two. Of what a shame. From Parts Unknown. But we're, uh, we're going out on a double header. It's a strong note to finish. Like the season three premiere is going to have to be a couple Adam Sandler flicks. Like, but he, it's actually a snuff film where he dies. <laughs> That'll be the only way we can enjoy a film more, I think. Uh, so we're kicking it off part one of this two part episode, uh, talking the 2014 action adventure film starring Hayden Christensen and Nicolas Cage, Outcast, uh, hunted by their ruthless older brother, heir to the Imperial throne, Zhao and Sister Leanne, seek the protection of a reluctant, war-weary crusader. Uh, what, what, the, what it doesn't really tell you is that uh, Hayden Christensen is a murder machine for the church during the Crusades, uh, so much so that even hardened badass soldier Nicolas Cage is like, you ever think that maybe a whole god killing the name of thing not such a good idea. Uh, well, I should note, they have this conversation while strolling through a battlefield. Like, they're, they're slicing motherfuckers up as they're have, having this casual conversation. Uh, but uh, for some reason, uh, we, we fast forward three years, I think, to uh, a completely fucking drugged out. Oh, fuck Andy me. I've been this all time, haven't I? Oh, have you been? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you have something to add about My bad, the, fellas. <laughs> the amazing conversation that these two men had while casually killing people. Hayden Christensen's hair is beautiful in this movie. Man, he has, yeah. I don't think anybody has that hair had that um, during that time period. Not during that time, most of Oh, I was going to say, I don't think you guys watched... So I don't think you guys watched the uh, NBA enough to say that. Cause yeah, yeah, I was going to say... There's a lot of fades and high tops. Was, oh, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. if you go walking through, like, downtown Austin, I'm sure plenty of people have <laughs> a fucking haircut. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't know they had hipsters that were in the uh, Knights <laughs> Templar. <laughs> the Crusades and shit. So much uh, smiling, Joe. Uh, Hayden Christensen's <laughs> accent. And then when the found that Hayden Christensen cut all, cut all those younglings, that part was fucked up. Uh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen, <laughs> uh, his, uh, his accent was roller coastery at best. It better than Costner and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, infinitely better than whatever Nicolas Cage was trying to do. Uh, I yes. Think, I think Nicolas Cage was going for some sort of drunken pirate, maybe? Drunken Norwegian pirate is exactly the yeah. words I was going to use. Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> um, and uh, so we, it's, they skip three years. Like This is like the <laughs> prologue of them murdering people in the Crusades. And they skip ahead three years, and uh, Hayden Christensen's hair is exactly the same. He's so pretty for a heroin addict. Yeah, uh, he's on opium, completely drugged out of his fucking gourd, uh, and uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention to why 
uh, Zhao and Leanne were on the run. Because uh, their brother... Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it's in the... Say. The throne and then yeah, it, hunted by the ruthless older brother. It's like right in the first fucking sentence of the synopsis. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're on yeah, the run. The older brother killed their dad, uh, and the little brother was given the the key to the city essentially yes. from the dad, and the older brother wanted it. Uh, and now you know, older brother's chasing them. But my part is uh, when they run into Hayden Christensen at the bar, as they were running up to like the inn itself, they made a point to say they had no horses, and then like the instant they leave the bar, they're all three on stallions. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, maybe they stole the the soldiers, uh, right? Like the soldiers' horses or some shit. And it's getting out opium in uh, in ancient China is all wrapped in the same wrapping, so it's easily recognized yes. everywhere. Oh, I thought that was llama's bread. Yeah, <laughs> llama's bread. Um, holy fuck! So basically, the fight scene, like in that bar alone, was pretty rad. Like Hayden Christensen, oh, like, sure, he dusted off his uh his Star Wars moves. Yeah, they were, the choreography was not that bad in this. No, I think it was the stuntman who directed this too, wasn't it? Like that—that that was like the, the big complaint about it was like why it, some people might have thought it was low on uh, character development and high on action. Oh, yeah. so he told me he's—it's not the same stunt coordinator who directed John Wick. Uh, it could be. I don't know. Maybe this was his first movie. Then he went right on to John Wick. Like he learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> I think he learned a lot of lessons how not to make movies by the Wachowskis. Right. I'm sorry, Tony, go ahead. Uh, finish telling the people about the synopsis of the film and, and Will Pepper. Uh, <laughs> um, by the way, there's a bunch of different Nick Powells in the film industry. Um, I don't know. that this It could be this man, because uh, most of his stuff is stunt work. And uh, he's stunt coordinator for a lot of movies. Uh, and apparently he was a stunt coordinator on the Bourne Identity. Uh, he did stunt work in the 1989 Batman film. Yeah. Stunt work for Cinderella Man. Uh, he also did stunt work for Ballistic X versus Sever. Oh, God. <laughs> Most importantly, uh, he did the stunt coordinating for Nacho Libre. Oh, shit. Yeah, he did. Uh, he also did stunts for X-Men and The Last Stand, so it's not a... Um, it's a mixed bag. <laughs> a, I, I didn't see Tristan and uh, Isolde. Was that was there a lot of stunts in that movie? I didn't think there would be, but he's a stunt. Yeah, I think guy. it was Hugh Jackman pretending to be attracted to Meg Ryan. <laughs> that you? That's the wrong movie. Are you sure? Yeah, that's the one with James Franco. <laughs> Which one's the one with James Franco? I thought the one he, Hugh Jackman was the dude who went back in time and invented the elevator or some shit, right? Uh, Tristan and Isolde is uh, indeed James Franco and Sophia Miles. Get the fuck out of here. What's the one with Jackman and, uh, and what's-her-face? I'm not sure. I, I it's a very similar title. Like, it's just as shit. dogs? No, no, no. <laughs> Hang on. No, I'm reading this guy's stunt work. Oh, he did Hot Rod. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I, guess there were, I guess there were stunts there, yes. Last Samurai, 28 Days Later. Oh, shit. Kate and Leopold was the Hugh Jackman. Oh, Kate and Leopold. It's close to fucking Tristan. slap nuts and douche tits. Yeah, there is an N in between the two names. Whatever. And it's two people's names. I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, that's close. That's close enough. Right, um, fuck you, James Franco. So basically, uh, so basically Hayden Christensen is... Uh, remembers this conversation he had with Nicolas Cage during the Crusades where he's just like, you should stop killing so much and be a nicer guy. And he's like, uh, all right, I guess I'll help these two Asian children <coughs> out. Oh, and, and you need to go east. Yeah, he needs to go east. And he's like, nobody goes east or something. And apparently like, everybody they fucking were goes east. Presumably like Turkey or somewhere like that, right? Yeah, I when think so. Started. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it would have been... No, they, I do believe they actually mentioned Baghdad by name. Get the... Well, no, they say no one goes as far east as Baghdad. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, if it's Baghdad Crusades, they're in Israel. That's where they're at. So, so. They, so these guys aren't Iraq War veterans. Wasn't it just Mesopotamia back then, though? Yeah. No. Was, not that old. Not, no, no. It, this isn't Babylon. Ottoman when Empire. Baghdad, when did Baghdad come around? The Ottoman Empire. Remember, uh, they talked about that in Ernest Scared oh, Straight. Baghdad's been around a while. It just wasn't called Mesopotamia in the 1500s. What was it called back in the 1500s? Anybody know? No. The Holy Lands. Huh. That was the official name? Well, it's, I mean, that's all they ever the, called it, because it's the Holy Lands. The last Land. chance for gas until you get to the opium dens of China, essentially, is the sign. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's uh, Timbuktu of the East. 
So, uh, so basically, uh, everything is going good. He's uh, going to help these two kids out, and uh, they have uh, their brother is on their tail the whole time. They yep. eventually run into a one-eyed Nicholas Cage who has also decided to go east, uh, but he hates Hayden Christensen now uh, until they don't. And then does Nick he Cage really just... have one eye, or is it just closed? <laughs> no, it's definitely closed. But he's yeah, it's, it's just closed. But essentially, what, what you're failing to recognize too is uh, in the bar when Hayden Christensen first popped up and, and met the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was getting heroin. Uh, he got beat up uh, by the guards who were capturing the kids, and then they pissed on him. Yes. Uh, and then happened. he decides to start, you know, waylaying these dudes with his sword. So that's how it starts. In the first five minutes of the movie, yeah. you get Hayden Christensen, like, slaughtering kids. And then he gets pissed on. And I, I, I freaked out. Like, it was all cap. Like, he got fucking pissed. Greatest movie. Like, I, I was losing my mind because he – it was a lot of piss. I mean, yeah. when, they, when, oh, he yeah. stands, when he stands up, there's about a gallon of fluid on the ground from where he was laying. I mean, this dude pissed for, like, eight minutes straight on him. Yeah, you can tell he was, like – you know, I really got to go to the bathroom, and they're like, just hold it. And he's like, what, until we get to the bar? And they're like, no, in case there's somebody you need to pee on, just hold yeah. it. Yeah, there might be that white guy in there. And uh, apparently there's only two white guys in all of China because white they ghosts. all think white yeah, they all think yeah. he's the white ghost. But then it takes you about three seconds to realize, like, oh, I bet you Nick Cage is the white ghost. And then yeah. what do you know? He fucking Popeye's all around. And for some reason, he's a pirate warlord, kind of akin to what uh, – to what Brando was in Apocalypse Now, essentially. Yep. He's got his uh, island around the river. Yep. Yeah. But his accent really changed from the first, like, <laughs> it's really like he forgot he was, do- and then he showed back up and yeah. talked completely different, and they're just like, oh, matey. Yeah. Well, like, his dialect changed now? because, you know, he went, yeah, he went further east where there's uh, Norwegian pirates. Yeah. And started taking after, you know, their tone and dialect. So that's how pirate dialect came to be, is a bunch of Norwegians settled in China, and then yeah. from there... Well, because they went to the New World, as you remember, in Pathfinder. Oh, right. And one of their own betrayed them in Carl Urban, and sure. so they had to, you know, go back east. You know, the Australian accent was invented because they took a British guy and dropped him in Texas for a couple of years. That's right. <laughs> and then the resulting mix was Australian. The, um, I mean, Cage really tipped his hand when he started... I don't know, I would say it's more Kate. It's closer he, to Cage than anything. He was so Cage in this movie. I mean, when he started it, it, doing sea shanties, I think uh, oh my god, <laughs> he did not do sea shanties. He he was not singing Yo Ho Ho in a bottle of rum. But uh, I love he, the fact he, he had close. one eye. And he just held it closed. They didn't bother putting a fucking three dollar eye patch on him or nothing. He was like, no, I got it. And you know, it's like the longer the cuts went, the more he twitched. Like, like so, yeah. the longer he was the camera to keep his eye closed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so. <laughs> like why not give him an eye patch? Like why? <laughs> just, uh, but but basically, then you really would have been a pirate, I guess. It's probably why. Uh, but basically, uh, he was like, "Hey, you should help me fend these guys off." And uh, he's like, "Fuck you for that stuff in the past." And uh, he's like, "No, I I didn't kill those younglings. The mothers had killed them, and then they killed themselves out of fear of me. See, because it's it's not so bad. I didn't kill them. They were just so terrified." Of what I was going to do to their children, that the mothers killed the children themselves. See, so what I'm I think not all that bad. Was, is they caught a glimpse of Hayden Christensen in this beautiful quaff of hair, and the mothers just slaughtered their children, hoping that he would come in there and just wreck shop on them. Like <laughs> they they wanted to get a good Rogering, they wanted sure. to see Jesus, all that good stuff. Because uh, that's what they were there for in the Crusades was to yeah. was to hump the Lord and he's into, like, into people. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, look, I'm helping these kids out. We're square, right?" And uh, Nicolas Cage is like, yar, and uh, then his wife dies. Nearly and... the exact words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, uh, then Nicolas Cage's wife dies, and he walks the plank and then gets killed by a bunch of Asian people. And then Hayden Christensen fights the evil brother. And, and... Uh, please know, people listen out there, like, we, we can tell the distinction, uh, but when we say Asian, there weren't just Chinese people playing Chinese people. Oh, no, they, no, no. They took anyone who was yeah. Asian and made them Chinese for this movie, so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a fact. <laughs> anyone, that they a could, fact. anyone that remotely looked uh, of Asian descent, they put in this film, for sure. Yep. Uh, and uh, there, was a, there was a sword battle, and then the sister gets into the mix and then she gets stabbed but she lives and then the brother dies 
And then the little kid takes over shop and Hayden Christensen leaves the end. Uh, by the way, there is a sequel planned for this film. I know. I can't wait. It's exciting. Uh, wait, is Nick, how is Nick Cage going to be in it? There'll be a ghost because he was white called ghost? the white ghost. Oh, yeah. We could do more flashbacks of him teaching him how to shoot with a bow. Sure. Yeah. Where he had a oh, much God. different accent. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> It's like a it's like a Spaniard like a Spanish uh, Spanish Armada type accent or whatever. I think that would be good. That that would be a good I call. Love it. I'm into uh, that. Like his first part of the movie, it wasn't so bad. But like, yeah, when he becomes a swashbuckling uh, pirate island river dweller, like yes. it drastically changes. <laughs> uh, I mean, his accent at the beginning wasn't good, but it, it was definitely seemed slightly like. You can excuse it. Like it was like Robert Downey Jr. and Sherlock Holmes. Not great, but it's oh, not no, enough no, for me to not, get mad about it. Not even, not even closer. Robert Downey Jr. is totally passable in that movie compared to Nicolas Cage in this film. Well, uh, yeah, Ben said he loved it. First. Ben approves. Yeah, Ben approved. There you go. And you got to. He get... said it was right up there with Dick Van Dyke. Oh come on! That is also horseshit. I don't know, man. I've heard I've heard a lot of British guys talk like Dick Van Dyke did, so that could be real. <laughs> it might be, yeah. I know. I'm telling you, just watch a clip of that little kid singing "Into the Woods" and try and tell me that is not somehow Dick Van Dyke's son. Like, I mean, they sound just alike. I mean, I've I've listened to the most British person I could think of talk, and uh, you know, I thought Madonna sounded totally British to me, so. All you gotta All right. do is ride the tube to just west of London. They start sounding like that shit, man. There you go, uh, Glenn. Your thoughts on out on Outcast? I'm sure you've got some prepared. Yeah, um, it was. It wasn't like horrible. I was really expecting this movie to be like complete and utter dog shit. Right, and at time, like the like the fight choreography like wasn't half bad, nope. and now to me like it's you could tell that they were writing this movie as they went, and they were like oh, and then they kind of like wrote okay this is how it's gonna end, mm-hmm. and like well what's the running time on this so far oh like an hour and forty five minutes um, let's just have them all of a sudden the whole army show up with a the brother there who not even like moments ago was in his palace and. I'm assuming hundreds of miles away. Yes. And it is all of a sudden on their front door. And well, we got to have Nick Cage die because he's the mentor. And it's just everything was really tightly wrapped at the end. It was really convenient as far as where placement was of characters. I mean, I felt like uh, for the longest time in this movie, it felt like, oh, like I thought this was a Hayden Christensen, Nicolas Cage movie, but... Basically, after like the the prologue, it felt like oh, this is one of those things where they got like uh, Nicholas Cage was doing like the director a favor and came in for like to shoot for a day and like that was no, it, they bought like, him like whatever. six comic books and then <laughs> and, it, and he gave him a, a bought like it, and bought a bone that he could add to his T Rex head. So yeah, I was gonna say like the it felt like he was just gone this whole time and then. He called, like, uh, three weeks into production, he's like, hey, I've got, like, two extra days. And they're like, oh, let's rewrite the script and let's get it back in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, he's um, like... I'm just with Pangoxtris for a few weeks. Only if I get a bitch in death, you know? So they, then they put him in there. And, uh, and he does die from, I believe, 9,000 arrows. <laughs> they just keep shooting this motherfucker. Over and over again. Like yeah, he it's was, a lot. He was putting Boromir to shame in fucking Lord of the Rings. That dude took like a... Uh, God, I don't know what it was. It like he, he didn't take that many arrows, but they were like four gigantic arrows, right? Aaron from that huge fucking orc that shot him a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, actually. it's Sean Bean. At yeah. this point, as many times as he's died... Yeah, he's built up an, an immunity. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's kind of like vaccinations, you know, whether you believe in it or not, because you're an idiot. Uh, you know, it's it's just an immunity he's built up towards death, so it kind of takes him a while. Yeah, With I, each uh, generation of the Sean Bean doctor, uh, it's a little bit harder to kill him. This movie gave me weird feelings. Uh, I, like I, Gladiator? I was expecting... No, not, not in that way. Not like climbing the gym... Uh, not like fucking climbing the rope in gym class, Clinton. Uh This didn't give me funny feelings in that way, but... Uh, 
no, it was weird because I was, like you, expecting a bit of a car crash uh, with just horribleness and ridiculous or ridiculousness uh, from beginning to end. And that's not really what we got. It was pretty competently made. Uh, there was actually some really gorgeous-looking shots that they got in this movie, like some scenery and stuff that looked... There's some really awful-looking shots, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are a few that do not look particularly good. But there are some that were like, wow, that's kind of pretty, actually. What a, what a nice shot. And the fight choreography, as you mentioned, was not bad. Uh, and all I could think of watching this movie, uh, watching Hayden Christensen is, it, it, it was weird because all I could think of is like, I could see how people thought he had a lot of potential because you can see the potential. It's his only roadblock is saying words. Can you please say that again? Cause I, I can't believe you just said that. What his his potential? Well, no, I, I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hayden, I, I agree. Hayden Christensen's only roadblock is is saying things. Like if he played a mute <laughs> in a movie, he'd probably be pretty good. He's got a good look. He's handsome. Uh, he's obviously very athletic and shit. And the fight the fight stuff he does is excellent. Uh, his only I will say this: uh, his relationship uh, with the girl Leanne felt about a billion times more natural than anything in the fucking Star Wars movies, which I think is more <laughs> Lucas's fault than Hayden Christensen's fault. Uh, well, that or, or you know, I mean, Natalie Portman, because we've seen and how Natalie kinda, Portman. Yeah. yeah, if she doesn't feel like doing something... Uh, it ain't, yeah, it ain't going yeah, down. Yeah, she, I mean, I think the closest chemistry she's ever had is Mila Kunis and Black Swan. Oh, fucking hey. Uh, which was, by the way, incredible. Maybe that's, that's the problem. Maybe Mila, Kula, maybe Mila Kunis should have played uh, Anakin. Or, Pad, had or Padme. I think what she would have been a better Padme, too. Um, because they already tried to cast her in that role in that fucking Jupiter Ascending movie, and that didn't work for shit. Uh, <laughs> being a space princess and whatnot. Uh, Tatum. <laughs> and shit. Half dog. Uh, yeah, this was weird, because, like I said, I was expecting uh, the worst movie, because this felt like it would just be one of those the worst movies of all time type things, and it wasn't. It was... Pretty competent, and while Nicolas Cage and Hayden Christensen were not particularly good in this film, uh, there was really nothing offensive in the movie. Like, Netflix said I'd give it a three, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'd probably give it a three. It was fine. There was nothing really horrible that made me, uh, you know, claw my ass out or anything. So, I I don't know. I I have really nothing bad to say. There was some... Again, uh, another time where fractional stars would have come in greatly. Yeah. like, you know, there would have been a great use on Netflix. Uh, Even the set pieces weren't too bad. No, no. I, no. I like, I was thinking, when he was going over the rooftops in the villages, I was like, this doesn't look too bad. Like, this actually looks like it has some production value to it. Yeah. Now, now I don't know. This may have been, like, a, a Chinese-financed movie. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is probably was. why. They, yeah, so that, okay, that, that probably explains it then. And they probably did have a modest budget. But... Well, whatever money they had, I mean, it was well spent. I, I, I've seen, you know, we've all seen movies with, uh, with huge buds compared to this that turned out to be way bigger pieces of shit. And you know, for what they did, man, Name it, one. it was an alright movie. Yeah, yeah. The whole, I mean, the movie was filmed in China, so if you're like, hey, beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful shots, it's because they shot on location in China, probably in some gorgeous locations. Huh. Uh, mm. Glad you brought up Star Wars. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, does Sean Bean die in Jupiter Ascending? No, I'm pretty oh, sure he man. lives. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he lives. Hmm. I think that's one of the movies where he doesn't die. Uh, that Ronan. For the record, on Rotten Tomatoes, this is a six percent. I, I don't know. It's probably not worse than Fantastic Four. Yeah, there's or just not. There, there can't be just enough, you know, ratings on it. Like it, I thought it was fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, Aaron, do you have any any deep thoughts on Outcast? Uh, I was surprised. Like when I, I, I told you guys in the end of the chat, I think I said I have a serious problem. I actually kind of like this movie. Uh, it was good, you know. Like you said, the the standards were so low going into it. <laughs> uh, when it turned out to be okay, you're like, damn, look at that. And then Nicolas Cage at the end. Uh, for those of you <laughs> who have yet to have seen yeah. Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance, please do so. Uh, 
and most specifically, the, the the first transformation scene where he's on the motorcycle and he starts getting super cagey. Uh, watch that part, and then uh, you could skip to the end uh, of Outcast, but I would recommend you watch the whole thing just because it, it's pretty good. But Nicolas Cage, if you do it as a cage-off between those two films, I guarantee you are going to shit your pants because <laughs> it, it is just such a gargantuan level of beautiful uh tragedy i mean it, it's hard to even comprehend what you're witnessing he he like he knows he's nicholas cage but it, it's like it, he's fourth walling himself like he's in his own head talking to himself like okay nick cage i need you to really cage it up and he's like all right nick cage i got you and then <laughs> bam like he's just he's so turned up i mean it, it's great like if you were a fan of nicholas cage at all you're gonna fucking love the movie just see it oh here's the way recommend- mm-hmm. yeah oh, okay it, it, was, His, it looked a bit like he borrowed it from uh, from Travolta from uh, that Scientology movie they did. Oh, <laughs> remember uh, his, his shitty hair in that movie? The space yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah, because it, it's, it's like his hair just pulled back, and that. then they just put a bun on it. Oh man! Right. <laughs> it was. And then so he had bad. to keep. He had to try to keep his eye closed for most of the movie. <laughs> uh, so what did? Uh, Take a shot for every time it twitches. That's what, what you have to do. Right. What did Netflix say you'd give this, Aaron? Do you remember? Netflix thought I would give it a four. And? It got four. Oh, you're like, I agree, Netflix. Uh, I agree, Netflix. I can't argue that. I when, it. it was when, fucking when, hilarious. You know what I mean? Just seeing Hayden Christensen get pissed on, Nicholas Cage doing what he's got to do, <laughs> and if you ignore most of the dialogue and just focus on the action, it's like, shit, this is all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I liked it. No Nicolas near Cage, the worst movie we've had to watch. Pirate Nicholas. Oh, for sure. Especially so considering. Pirate Nicholas Cage. Especially considering the company. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Glenn, do you recall the Netflix thing for you? I think it was like two and a half, but it did also recommend because I think Gladiator's still on there, and I think it recommended watching it afterwards. And it, it really, there are a lot of things it borrows is it gla- from Gladiator. Like, is that the old Gladiator with uh, like with Russell that one Crow random Crow white dude, Jr.? Oh, I thought you meant the old one where those kids, the, the inner city youth, were in the underground boxing tournament. <laughs> no. Have you never no. seen that movie with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Oh, good. go do it. It's amazing. No, the only, actually, the only thing that came to mind when you said Brian Cuba Brian Gooding Dennehy Jr. plays was... the bad guy in there. It's ridiculous. Brian Dennehy, holy shit! Brian uh, mm-hmm. Oh man, it's a name I haven't heard in a long ass time. You're uh, <laughs> uh, what would you? Have, what did you give it, Glenn? Do you remember if you gave it anything? I, yeah, I mean, like he was saying, fractional points. So, I mean, three, two and a half. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't bad. It was pretty average. Like it wasn't. I, I get like I said. The, the expectations were so low that it couldn't have been worse. Yeah. And a lot of times you could, you know, like, oh, well, you're, you're just propping it up. Like my expectations for Green Lantern were really low, and and they met those expectations, as I'm sure Fantastic Four will. So for this, it was just, it was okay. I was I was really hoping for. Uh, just a hack job of a film, and I was kind of mad that. Yeah, I was kind of mad that like some like a lot of the cuts and the choreography and the set pieces like they they kind of, they worked, and I was kind of mad by that. I wanted it to be a lot like this next film we're going to talk about. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, <laughs> and get, let's get another great pissing scene. Uh, let's get into it. Oh my god! Uh, that is not what the that, is, um, that was yeah, not um, my first uh, thought. That was not my first thought, but let's back start. to the uh, to the half point thing. I think I would have given the movie three and a half stars, but I just settled on four because that's what Netflix said. But three and a half would have been would have been fine. But I, I'm more than okay giving it a four, considering some of the other shitty movies on there that are ranked higher. Indeed. Uh, all right, let us uh, jump into part two of our double feature. <laughs> You're late. I'm sorry, we had a small mishap. Here are the keys. Um, here are eyes. Have a nice stay in Milbar. You in our city. Still telling the same story, Josh? Powers of evil are very strong here. I must leave. And remember, Kill 
dizzy. The 1990 horror film Troll 2, starring Michael Stevenson and George Hardy, Margot Prey. Uh, you don't need to see their names. Whole bunch of motherfuckers. Most, <laughs> uh, the only person, I believe, of... Well, I think there's a couple of people of note from the movie that went on to have some sort of career afterwards. Okay, the community theater trip of, like, Tempe, Arizona. Can, well, like, can, can, can we correct something real quick before we move on? I, I don't think it's fair to say anyone starred in this movie because it did not make a star. No, were there stars in this movie? I, I would just say, hey, these people are in it. I, would, <laughs> I wouldn't fucking call them stars. The director, I would not go as far as to call him a director or the writers. I mean, have you guys d- done any research about this movie, like seen the documentary or anything about it and know oh, like yeah. why it was so bad? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I know why this is. Okay. Uh, I mean, this movie isn't even technically troll 2 it was originally called uh goblins i believe yeah it makes a lot of sense it was originally called goblins but they didn't think the movie was gonna do well on its own so they threw the troll because they there was already a troll movie so they just threw this into the the canon of troll even though apparently that is such a good point thank you very much for bringing that up (laughs) even the thing apparently the things that are in it really aren't trolls i don't think troll is ever mentioned by by name in the entire course of the movie uh goblins from stone yeah they're goblins from stonehenge they're goblins from noblin or whatever the fuck name of the town is it was directed by claudio fragasso who by the way is credited as drake floyd uh, was there some sort of xenophobia going on within this, when this movie was released? They're like, don't put that foreigner's name in the credits like that. Give him a strong American name like Drake Floyd. Because uh, that is who <laughs> If you Claudio notice, too, he is. hasn't done any other American movies whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, Drake Floyd. What a name, man. So this is about... That, that, that's a good superhero that a, movie. That, like, that's a good superhero name. Drake Floyd? That is a super Drake white Floyd. name. It is. Uh, this is... <laughs> It was on the rejected list of names for before the Pink Floyd was settled on, I believe. Uh, <laughs> they went, Should we be Drake Floyd? Uh, it be oddly, enough, it was, <laughs> oddly enough, it was also on Stone Cold's list for names right after Victor Von Fries. <laughs> Drake Floyd. Ice cold Drake Floyd. Yeah. Lukewarm Drake Floyd, but it didn't sell too many t-shirts. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Michael three twenty six says, "Oh, I love it." Michael Drake Floyd three twenty six says, "I just spanked your bottom." <laughs> PG era, PG era Stone Cold, right there, everybody. Drake Floyd. We, we need a new like... T shirt, like stat. But can we use the Undertaker's high school photo for that one? But he'll be Drake Floyd. <laughs> have you guys seen uh, that, that picture? Of Undertaker. Oh, oh yes, I have it's seen. I've seen the Undertaker's high school picture. I know um, we should be talking about Troll 2, but it, it, it's germane to the conversation, everybody. Settle down. Sure. Uh, so Troll 2 is about <laughs> Troll Two is about vegetarian goblins who are not trolls. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> But are they really vegetarian if they turn, if they turn meat into vegetables? Yeah, I, I, see, I don't know. I, I was watching this, and I'm like, holy shit, this is like an anti-vegan movie uh, released right. in the early 90s. If you're and, a vegan, you're a fucking goblin. And uh, yeah, everybody would have a Prius if the, if it was around back then. <laughs> All the goblins would have. Well, this is a this is a note from the production. George Clooney would have been the mayor of Nilbog. This is a note from the production. Uh, the script, originally titled Goblins, began as a way for director Claudio Fragasso's wife, Rosella, to express her frustration with several of her friends becoming vegetarians, which she claimed quote, uh, which she claimed quote pissed me off unquote. Uh, <laughs> she wrote a movie just to be a dick to her friends. Yeah, because they became man. vegetarians. And, oh, uh, man. Why can't she be like Jerry Schuster and, or, and create, you know, the specter out of getting, you know, mugged? That, that's a much <laughs> right. better story than, than I hate vegetarians. Or you know what? Better yet, all her friends got cancer. She decides to cure cancer. No, all her friends decide to <laughs> give up meat, and she's like, fuck them. I'm going to make you big. Ah, they're goblins. from Stonehenge. They're goblins. 
Stonehenge. The production crew was made up, uh, despite the film being shot in Morgan and Porterville, Utah, during the summer of 1989, the production crew... Oh, they're Mormon goblins. This is all starting to make a lot of sense. The uh, the production crew was made up almost entirely of non-English-speaking Italians brought to America by Fergasso. The only fluent English speak. Uh, there was only one fluent English speaker on set. Uh, Fergasso and his crew largely relied on broken pigeon English to communicate with the cast, who recalled not being able to understand much of what went on. And that's how the script was written too. That they yes. only received the pages like the day they shot, like before their scene. They're like, "Here's your lines," and they translated the lines from Italian just in the broken English and left it. Like, uh. That's why, like. It, it, it's an incredible movie to watch. I mean, it, but it's so fucking long, man. Holy shit. The cast, long. the cast had few experienced actors and was primarily assembled from residents of nearby towns who responded to an open casting call, hoping to win roles as extras. Uh, instead, they, instead, they're starring. One of them. Uh, George Hardy, yes, was a dentist with no acting experience who showed up for fun. A very successful dentist. Only to be given one of the film's largest speaking roles. Uh, <laughs> Don, uh, yeah, that was uh, Michael Waits. Uh, yes. George Hardy played Michael Waits. I believe that's the father, right? Yes, that's the dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Holy shit. Uh, okay, uh, just announced, actually, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Goblin Two is going to be filmed in Germany, uh, and it appears to be uh, having George Hardy return as Michael Waits. Really? <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> Sorry, he wants I, I didn't to. need to. I, I know that kind of just sucked the energy out of the conversation, but, <laughs> but I felt like you guys had to know that. So he wants to be an actor. How is it Goblin Two if this movie is Troll Two? Uh, this is amazing. The the more I read of this, uh, Don Packard... Yeah, please continue. Don Packard, who played the store owner, was actually a patient at a nearby oh, mental hospital and was cast for and filmed <laughs> his role while on a day trip. <laughs> he was on a day oh, trip from the mental hospital and filmed his role that day. So he really wanted to fuck, he really wanted to fuck that kid up. He wasn't pretending. Like, that oh. dude was close to being murdered. He later recalled oh. he smoked an enormous <laughs> amount of marijuana prior to filming, had no idea oh, what was happening cool. around him, and that his disturbed performance in the film was not acting. I love that. That's even better. <laughs> oh. oh, I love that so much. Uh, okay. He was on a day trip from the mental institution he was at. So, who, who wants to run through the the plot of this one since I handled out. I don't think we have to. I mean, I can. I can I give you the gist you, of it. Because I'd rather talk about this movie than give a long description as oh, far no, no, as we don't, have, we, we don't need a long description. Just a description. Oh, okay. So this the son starts seeing images of his dead grandpa, uh, Levi. And Why they're going to do like a... Uh, I'm, I'm not. I'm just I'm, I thought I'm it talking was, normal. Well, I thought it was Grandpa Seth. Grandpa Seth. Whatever. It's some... Um, old Hebrew name. Anyways, Grandpa Seth dies, and the son's getting visions of him, like, telling him not to go on this trip, because they're going to do, like, a house swap uh, with another family from the town of Nilbog, sure. uh, which is Goblin spelled backwards, which is a line from dialogue. Spoiler alert, dick. Uh, yeah, no, right? So they go to the uh, they go to the town, and, and, and they this family, and everyone's kind of, like, really really show offish to them like they're really they're just douches to them and they only sell like this green milk that's from there and like, everything's got green stuff on it and as the you know the kind of the days go on they're uh you know finding more and more creepy things about this town but the people who really find out is the girl the the son the main character i guess is sister her boyfriend the and his dude the douchebag, the douchebag friends uh, are in an RV and they're camping outside of town because he's got to have sex with his girl. And um, yeah. even though he can't, you know, he's got to choose her or her friends, and I guess he's choosing both on this trip. So the friends just kind of get killed off one by one by the uh, goblins when you get to well, see what they really look like. Well, one of them gets to bang the witch when she's all hot, though. Mm. 
That's yeah. That's towards the end. Well, I don't. We'll just talk about that because that is the greatest scene in all of cinema. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hot, right? So, yeah. So whenever the you know the one kid stumbles, so he finds a girl that's like got tattered clothing and is getting chased by these little goblin creatures, and they run into a church, and there's a witch that's there, and she gives them something to drink, and the one girl who drinks it turns into this like green goo stuff, and then the little goblins eat them because they don't eat meat; they got they only eat vegetables. Right. And uh, and then the one guy is trapped and he stayed as a tree and delivers, you know, again, one of the greatest lines of dialogue ever. Sure. And uh, and so <laughs> can, can we can we hear the dialogue line real quick before you move on? I believe I believe it's oh, my God. Wait, they're <laughs> eating her. And when they get done eating her, they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. And then they cut. To something else. Yes, cut. Hard, hard Guy Ritchie cut. In, Such <laughs> a hard cut. In the middle of the ga. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's very astute, that young man. Uh, and very so later on you see him. Yeah, later on you see him as a tree and he gets killed later on. And that's how she the witch gets her youthfulness, which she uses to seduce uh, one of the friends who doesn't actually die. They just have sex among a pile of popcorn yeah. because he's getting a really crazy reality TV feed of outside of his Winnebago of her walking up all sexily dancing with the corn on the cob. Yeah. And uh, they make out and he doesn't like corn, but he likes popcorn. So they got to heat it up and make out with the corn on the cob. They're eating corn on the cob while making out. Yeah. And then popcorn explodes from literally everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Someone behind the scenes, like the sound mic guy, also has double duty as dumping bags of popcorn yes, on him. Just throwing popcorn like fucking madmen everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, you know the oh, God. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the the kid walks in at like the town hall meeting and finds out there are all these evil things, and they have a it's, it's a four leaf clover. Is it just a regular clover on their cheek? Yeah, and that's like the mark to know that they're goblins and stuff. And uh, they basically do, like, a witch hunt on this family and get them quarantined in the house. And they're trying to escape, and they're going to kill them all. Well, somehow Grandpa Seth comes back from the dead and uh, helps the family out and is able to fight off the main goblin. And they send the Grandpa Seth back to hell. So Grandpa Seth this whole time hasn't been in heaven. He's been in hell. And so he goes back to hell where he belongs. And uh, the family, you know, gets away. But... As the kid goes to, uh, as the mom's eating apple and the kid goes, takes a bath and comes downstairs, he finds that his mom is green goo with green tits and it's, it's gelatin and being eaten by goblins. That's right. Uh, yeah, and they, they say like, uh, hey, Josh, want to bite or some shit? And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. Yes. Um, without any, without the lips moving. Or movie, yeah. but way off of the dialogue. We probably should talk about the Oscar uh, award-winning uh, makeup effects for the goblins. Uh, they were pretty stupendous. <laughs> oh, you mean all 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 six suits that they use over and over again? Yes, rubber masks uh, that they got from the local. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the the local Target or whatever the fuck was around at that time. They just raided the Halloween section. And uh, then put fucking potato sacks. It says the budget sacks. was 200 grand. I don't believe that at all. There's no, no fucking way they no spent that much way. money on this movie. No way. The, the director pocketed all that fucking money for sure. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. The budget's 200000 Oh, so it's like the producers. Like, if it's a flop, it's more money. That's right. Um, right, yeah. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, uh, I, I'd like to begin. Oh, go uh, ahead, please. Before the family even goes on vacation, the... The boyfriend sneaks into the daughter's room. Yes, as she's working out. As she's yeah, she she's lifting like three pounds like repeatedly, and sure. it, it looks really strenuous. Uh, on the world's smallest fucking I mean bench I've ever seen, like the Hulkamania weight set was like way bigger than, than whatever this chick was using. <laughs> uh, while she's working out, like she just turns around and her boyfriend's just like you know he's just there in her room, and I think uh, she punches him in the dick, and then he's like, "What are you trying to turn me into a homo?" So apparently, uh, back in 1990, if you know, cock tapping someone made them gay, which yes. I wasn't aware of. But wow! Oh, I'm glad that faded away in the <laughs> early 2000s. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that went. By the way, it's like nobody touched my dick. I don't want to be gay. 
or <laughs> essentially a woman. Don't touch my dick. Yeah, yeah, don't touch my dick. You're my girlfriend. You're gonna turn That's me a gay if you touch. A lot my of mixed sexual signals in that scene. It's also entirely possible <laughs> that the prevailing thought was gay people must not have penises. So I don't know, man. She hit him hard enough, perhaps. Google gay sex and just see what pops up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think they have penises. Yeah, they're not eunuchs. Right. No, but I'm just saying that that that's the only thing I could think of. Like back in the 90s. Oh, because like they're lost Mormon. Yeah, that's right. Oh God! Uh, oh, it is Mormon, isn't it? Ah, oh, see, look at that. These I motherfuckers. Because so like peachy. every other line of dialogue in the first 20 minutes or so had me laughing uproariously. Like, uh, you know, nobody likes me. I like you, but my family does not like you. And I'm just like, what? What the fuck is this? Like, who talks? like this and uh now you know now that i've read about the fact that everybody apparently just showed up from like you know their local theater class i guess it makes from a down the bit, street yeah i guess it makes a little more sense but well now now that you say it, you're bringing up the translation issues having watched last week tonight and talking about translations and like right. how rough they can be that this might have just been a literal translation of what it was from italian yeah, and th- and there that was no was acting saying. involved. It was just literal reading of words off of paper, staring into a camera. But what does the yeah, dad uh, say? Apparently, also saying, the actors you... offered. Oh, go ahead, Glenn. No, I was asking what, what you because you were mentioned it in the thread. What is it that the dad says, like in that first? Oh, oh I don't know. That in the, he said he has a golden line, something about like I'm gonna whoop your ass and get in line or something. Something like. Uh, I, I don't know. It was just, it's great. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I do remember, like, being, like, full in to, uh, like, like, full in at one point, because I'm just like, fuck gold, this movie's a platinum mine <laughs> for just, like, ridiculous lines and shit. Um, oh, God, I'm trying to find it. Maybe uh, you really like the Daryl Strawberry pen on the kid's wall, too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I was just like that. This, that kid's got a Daryl Strawberry pennant. Uh, but he, but then I realized quickly this kid was a fan of every sport and every team because there's like fucking yeah. pennants for everybody. There's a Pistons pennant. There was like a Mets pennant. It was just like what? What the? Hey fuck? man, the Pistons were hot oh. in 1990. That is true. That is true. The bad boys and shit were about to <laughs> bad run. Bad boys, by. son. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was uh, an army brat or something. You know? Oh, oh no, there was a scene with a mother. With, uh, because he keeps talking about seeing Grandpa Seth or whatever, and uh, the his mom, who is just wonderfully horrible, uh, is sitting him down in bed and discussing this with him. It's like you know, I know that you know the funeral wasn't that long ago, and it's uh, been tough for you. It's been tough for me, his daughter, <laughs> which is so, such a fucking weird thing to say to to your son. I have my blood is closer related to his, therefore it is more like she is harder to, for me. Like she needs to like that kid was that kid was what ten? He had to at least be ten, right? Uh, maybe. Like he would like older. Wait, wait, are you talking about age or IQ? Because uh, age, like old, oh, like old enough, fella, that guy. like old enough to be able to understand the familial connection of grandpa is. Like, mom is grandpa's daughter. Mom's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my five-year-old knows that I'm grandpa's son. Like, she he, she can figure that out. Uh, so for her to be like, you know, and this has been tough for me, too. His daughter. Like, I was expecting them to just fucking talk like that. The rest of the, you know, like, for his dad to come in. Hey, son, can I come in? It's me, your father. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I was just giggling. Oh, it's called exposition. <laughs> it was really bad exposition. Really bad. But they use that a lot because they don't even need that if they're using it as exposition because the dad states several times, I believe, like about how much he hated Grandpa Seth as his father-in-law. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a couple of lines where he like, bad mouths Grandpa in front of the kids. The, uh, yeah. The, um... I, you know what? I am, uh... I, I was on board for like the first twenty minutes. I'm like, this is gonna be fucking fun. I'm gonna be laugh, laughing my ass off this whole fucking movie. And you you were not kidding when you talked about this being one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie ever made, because after a while the horribleness just stopped registering to me as funny and then just started purely registering to me as just horribleness. I'm like, why am I watching this? Why? Yeah, right? 
it just keeps going. Like, had this movie stopped and had this been like thirty minutes, maybe one of the best one of the best times I've ever had watching anything, just from the giggling and shit. And yes, that dude does have the lines, which is funny because I knew those lines without ever having seen this movie, thinking he was somehow the star. He's just some fucking dude. <laughs> and he yep. gets like the best lines in the movie, essentially. Well, I mean, because it's because of his performance or whatever. But uh, and uh, the other thing that stuck out to me, I uh, I felt like sarcastically asking you guys, like, when are they going to resolve the storyline of the four gay guys that went on a camping trip? Uh, <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that's what the fuck that was. No, yeah, basically. Like they were sleeping together in the same bed, and they they constantly talked about how they were going to bang fucking hot chicks, but all they did was spend time with each other. Yeah, they were just four dudes just kicking it, keeping it real. Mm, yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> they were, yeah, they needed to come out the fucking Winnebago for sure. Just Seriously. Admit it. You're uh, laugh. I, I, I would like to address the, 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 the piss consistency in this film <laughs> uh, from Outcast. At, at one point... Could when, you, yeah, set, set, up the, set up the piss scene. I, I will. The, the, the city family decides to do an Airbnb and they house swap with a family in this small little town of Nobog. And as the, they cross paths with the family and the, the other family of rednecks is jumping in their pickup truck, uh, the dad who's a dentist or whatever is like, hey, we, we have a refrigerator, all the major conveniences, uh, indoor plumbing. I mean, he's talking to them like they're, you know, they're Amish and they've never yeah. seen this shit. But you go inside, you know, whatever, they got a fridge, there's a TV, you know, there's all that same shit. Uh, but they go inside, and the whole food debacle with everything is just smothered in green toothpaste. Uh, at one point, time freezes from from Grandpa Demon Seth yes! as he's talking yes. as he's talking to little creepy kid, and he's telling him he's like, you, "You can't let them eat that food, little Billy." And little Billy's like, "But Grandpa, you know what am I supposed to do?" Well, uh, he left time frozen, so this little kid is pacing around the table, and you know time's frozen because everyone has a piece of food or a drink up to their mouth, but they're not moving. And they're struggling but really hard to moving. not move. Oh, everyone's fucking just so twitchy. It's like the vertical hold on the TV just broke. Everyone's just fucking twitchier and shit. <laughs> uh, so little, uh, little fella gets it in his mind. He's like, oh, I know what to do, and he's telling himself, I must do it. I must do it, and he stands up on a chair. And he unzips his fly. Like, that's what he's going to do. He doesn't just knock everything onto the floor out of their hands because yeah. they're frozen in time. So why, they're, why the fuck not, you know? Them. Yes. Yeah. Why not take your time, cook up something proper? You know what I mean? They're frozen. Leave them there for a while. You know, fix the shit. He just pisses over everything. Uh, Which I mean, well, I mean, you and, can't knock it all over. Yeah. Because you can just eat it off the floor. But everything's frozen. These are but time. No. My on, first, they're, my they're, first they're, thought. They're not, they're not mongrels. They wouldn't eat it off. My first thought was that he was going to shit on their food. Was my first thought, but pissing does make. They don't show the actual act, so they just kind of. Yeah, I think he definitely pissed a little food, and then the, the dad gets super angry on this kid. Like you, you're really convinced that Greg Hardy uh, beats his kids uh, because man, he got <laughs> fucking super angry. <laughs> but then again, I mean, you know, if I'm gonna go drink some some green Kool Aid and you know my kid pisses in my face, I don't know how happy I'd be about it. So you never know. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> In the town of Nilbog. <laughs> in the town. In this town we call home. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there was there were so many creepy connotations. Like that, they were attacking vegetarians. They attacked uh, organized religion. Uh, they were so. This movie didn't know what the fuck lesson it was trying to pre- uh, trying to preach. It just wanted to preach at you. But I gotta say, uh, I did enjoy one person in the movie, uh, the witch. Oh yes, she was quite over. Was the fine. Time, but- Way yeah. over the top, but I mean, yeah. for the movie, it's, it's like she's the only one who recognized like this movie sucks. So I'm gonna crank this shit up, and it was it was good. Like her parts, like, I actually watched and kind of smirked because they were funny. Like she was like obviously a theater actress because I mean she was way big over everything, but it worked for uh, the things she were doing. Were uh, she seemed self aware? Like yeah, she seemed like she was doing it shitty on purpose, whereas everyone else was just shitty. Oh yes, oh yes. I like uh, I, I, I like the witch in this movie. No, I mean you know what? All things considered, she was easily the best performer in the film. But I mean, that's a little bar. But especially the uh, sex uh, scene uh, they had. Off. Yeah, it, she, she was at, hot. At, the, at one point, the ugly witch decides. She, yeah, she was. The ugly witch decides she wants to go uh, wrangle up some food or whatever. Yes. So she touches some giant rock that looked oddly like Stonehenge. 
uh, and becomes all young and hot, and then shows up. Uh, the guy's channel surfing on TV, and how he had that many channels of rabbit ears back in the day. Amazing. I'm fucking impressed. Amazing clarity too. Uh, he's channel surfing. All of a sudden, he pops up on this hot chick strolling down the road. And uh, did she have the corn in her hand, or was that yes. after he found her? Okay, yeah. I thought that was under her dress. Was it under her dress? Because I thought she like pulled it out like a like a knife, like on her thigh. Oh yeah, it, it was in her uh, in her garter belt, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's just yeah. some hot chick dressing like she got a, a witch costume from you know from Family Dollar, uh, strolling down the street. He goes outside. The music that was playing on the TV is blaring outside, outside. of this RV. Yes, for, it's for real. I mean, blaring like they're at a fucking Led Zeppelin concert. I mean, shit is just popping off. It's this really cheesy, like you know, seventies kind of pornish music. And then this lady just shows up in front of him. <laughs> Uh, shows a lot of leg, whips out a, a corn cob, and she's like, "Can I come in?" And he automatically is like, "Oh, sure, great, come on, yeah, stick that, stick that up my ass, I'd love it." So like, they get inside and they uh, they start to make out a bit. So she instead takes the the corn cob and puts it in between them, <laughs> almost like they're they're lady in the tramping uh, with this corn. Uh, yes. Uh, but if you notice, the guy keeps adjusting the corn because he's tired of chewing just on the cob part. Uh-huh. Like the, the lady's just going ape, just you know, trying to be sexual ever. But he's actually worried about his teeth, so he's very minorly adjusting the corn cob, like maybe to keep eating. Maybe he's hungry. I don't know. But the <laughs> climax of the scene, like how they finished, even though they were both completely dressed, is they are just showered in a, a flailing a, assault of popcorn. Yes, because they were eating corn on the cob, and then popcorn just exploded, seemingly from the guy's pants. Yeah, uh, and just showered all over both of them. Uh, Jen, Jen was at her friend's house. Uh, Did you make her watch that scene? (laughs) No, she returned home at that scene. Oh, that's a great story to explain. And (laughs) she, yeah, she's like, uh, as soon as she walked in the door, that started happening. And I go, I promise I'm not watching a porn. Uh, (laughs) And she's like, what's happening right now? She's like, she thought maybe it was like supposed to be some sort of artistic euphemism for an orgasm. And I'm like, no, this is actually, they're not, no one's orgasm. This is just happening for real in the scene right now i took it to mean the orgasm but I, I couldn't understand how yeah she got his energy from the popped corn yeah <laughs> i i but it was kind of weird at first i'm like i promise this isn't a porn was that the first was... you didn't even say hi first you just said this isn't porn like, yes that was, that was <laughs> the first thing that was the first thing i said because she walks in and because they're in this dumpy looking set the music. Uh, there, there's the music, there's the way she's dressed, they're all over each other. Uh, you could have easily confused this for somebody watching like an early 90s porn. Easily. Huh. Like, like a Skin and Max kind of thing? Yes, yeah. Fair like, enough. easy. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that was the first thing that came to my mind when the door opened. I'm like, uh, this is not a porn, just so you know. Uh, which she did not immediately buy. Oh, nor should she have. No. Uh, so I did have to try to explain this to her a little bit. And then she did watch maybe another five minutes or so before deciding uh, washing dishes and packing boxes was a far more useful uh, uh, part of her day than, than finishing the rest of this film. Probably more fun, too, if we're being honest. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, I, I will say this. Uh, I'm glad I did not watch this movie. Uh, as a as a young man during this time period, because I am relatively certain I would have had uh, an, an immense crush on Connie Young, the sister, even though she can't act at all. Uh, oh no, she can't. Jesus, that scene where she's working out because she's wearing like those late '80s, early '90s that workout <laughs> thing, which is essentially just a giant fucking thong with without the yeah. string up the ass. It, it, it's the Borat swimsuit. Yeah, and they do a sh- they do a crotch shot of her. Oh, I mean, like, it's well, not just crotch. Out. I mean, her yeah. mom is staring down her vag, something fierce. In that yeah, way. I mean, we're, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It was just like, holy crap, that is a relatively <laughs> It was almost as shot. creepy as when Stephanie McMahon got her boob job and Vince McMahon was like drooling all staring over at him. that one smackdown. Yes. Remember when he was like yes. freaking out about it? Sorry, it's a lot of wrestling talk today, everybody. Sorry. That's true. Uh, not too long ago. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know what else to really say about this. Uh, my hopes were really high at the beginning that it was going to be this amazing thrill ride of horribleness. And, uh, it was, I mean, it was, but it was not enjoyable near the end. Near the end, it was just like, is this over yet? Oh, there's the credits. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I think Netflix said I would give it one. 
I was not allowed to give it lower, so I just went with one. Yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was. I, they really need to start implementing a half star well, rating. They do for sure, uh, or the ability to, uh, or the ability to actually rate it as zero stars. Yeah, because um, they show you red, red stars for like the suggested rating, uh, and then the stars are yellow when you actually rate them. But the ones that are not rated are, are just grayed out stars. You should have the option to just have, uh, like, five gray stars. Yep, I agree. That you can just, so, so Netflix knows to never offer this to you again. Uh, Glenn, your thoughts on this film. What would you have rated it had you actually watched it and not recalled it from memory? Well, I mean, it's in my Netflix queue with a rating of a five, so. Wow, really? My goodness, sir. What I love of- this what kind of I movies love- does it recommend to you based on Troll 2 from that rating? <laughs> like- oh, a, a lot of schlock that gets mixed in with all of our Parts Unknown movies. <laughs> like, I just call it schlock. That seems like a very fitting thing to say. Glenn's basi- Basically, what Glenn is saying is he's never had to search for any of the Parts Unknown movies. They've all been in his recommended for you section. Uh, I a- mean, it's weird when, like, my top ten movies is, like, uh, I think it goes, like, top ten things for me to watch. It's like, Firefly, Wolf of Wall Street, Gladiator, and then like a bunch of B horror movies and a documentary. Like that is that's what I get. I get a very wide variety. It came from Zargon Seven. I think yes. Zardos is on there. I mean, I've seen it, so I don't <laughs> uh, not on Netflix, but I have watched it. But it is, I think it's on there too. Uh, Aaron, did this give you a star rating thingy for this, or have you already watched and rated it previously, or? Oh, I had rated it previously because I had seen it previously. Uh, yeah, I'm upset I couldn't go lower than one. You know, what are you going to do? I mean, And this is from, well, I mean, Glenn likes it because he loves terrible movies, but Aaron is not a, uh, is not, I don't want to say you're like over the moon for horrible movies, but you're a bigger fan of them than I am. And oh, this was yeah, even I, I horrible think for fair. you. Yeah. Yeah. This was bad for me. Uh, fuck, man. Was this bad for me? I mean, just, but especially, but but it may not even have been fair because coming from Outcast, and I rolled right into Troll too. Like there was, you know, there wasn't really a buffer. So I mean, maybe that was the problem. Maybe I was so hyped from the the, the Hayden Cage off. Yeah, honestly, uh, I think you guys that suggested I, I just couldn't be fair to Troll too. I mean, you guys suggested I watch them in the order of Outcast and then Troll, but I'm kind of wishing I'd watch them in reverse. I, I didn't think there was any way you'd be willing to watch another movie you would think was going to be bad oh, after watching. Troll I guess 2. that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, that was the reasoning <laughs> behind it. But <laughs> with with hindsight being twenty twenty, like I would have, like I even even comparatively speaking, it's because I, I, I think I was like you know Troll Two made Outcast look like Casablanca and shit. But I think in hindsight, had I gone through with it and managed to get through Troll Two, then watch Outcast, I would have given Outcast like five stars. Like it would have been the greatest fucking thing I ever seen, just because it had saved me. From the memories of Troll 2, which right. is now the last movie I've officially, until I watch another movie, it's the last movie I've seen. So somebody's like, hey, what's the last movie you saw? I'll have to remember that I've seen this movie, uh, which is bad times. I'm going to have to watch something uh, soon, I hope, to, to to cleanse that from my memory. Holy shit. Yeah, I'll need a, a, a palate cleanser for sure, but uh it'll have to wait a while at least if it's going to be a shitty movie it's going to have to wait a while because this marks the end of from parts unknown for yet another season which is i think our seasons run every we'd start every three months or so uh whenever the fall tv season is over and done with uh, yeah like christmas break we could come back and do some stuff because yeah once everything is on hiatus for a little bit uh, we'll be back doing more uh, but yeah, I, I, we're, we're going to be off cause we're going to be heading back into doing a, a bulk of the premium content cause the fall TV season is, uh, is just a beginning. When's everything start? Is it next week or week after? Uh, depending on the shows you're into, uh, one what, of the, the f- flashing arrow and Gotham. Like, yeah. The- when do, when do those start Glenn? I don't even remember. I think I'm pretty sure Gotham is the end of September again. Like Damn. the 28th. It, it's That's around, it's around the same time. It's towards the end. I think flash might be a little bit earlier. I mean, I think maybe like mid September. Doctor Who is starting the nineteenth. Yep. September. Yep. Fuck yes, dude. I am catching. I am rewatching all the Capaldi episodes now. So. And we got one I, more episode. I, I started ahead. with uh, with Day of the Doctor. <laughs> oh, did you? Go yeah, ahead, Glenn. What was that? Capaldi. Yeah. I right, so we got one more episode of Hannibal. Oh, that's right. 
<sighs> and then comes Glenn's all-encompassing side B on Hannibal. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sure Ben oh, and I, I... Yeah, and Aaron, too. I, yes, I know Ben please. wants to talk about it. <laughs> I'm sure you guys will uh, be eagerly uh, awaiting it. October 6th. I'm sure you guys will be eagerly awaiting its new title when it is eventually revived as Crackles Hannibal. No, actually, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I have a little bit of news on that that uh, is really good, but it's really bad for Hannibal. Okay. Uh, for those unaware, Mads Mikkelsen was originally supposed to play Malekith the Accursed in Thor The Dark World. That's right, before they got Eccleston. Correct. No, actually, uh, no, the scheduling uh, is oh, what Mads bowed out. That That's why it, it went it to Eccleston. Yeah, gotcha. it was Matt, Mads had it. Like, he was going to, and that would have been just incredible. Uh, but a bit of good news for Marvel, bad news for Hannibal is that Mads is now in final talks to uh, play a villain in Doctor Strange. And with, uh, with Twiddle uh, Ijafor uh, already playing Baron Mordor, I mean, if you're going to get Mads Mikkelsen, he's basically got to be Dormammu. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, I mean, lineup. holy balls. Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I- Ijafor, uh, Tilda Swinton, maybe Rachel McAdamy. That, uh, holy fuck, dude. That's a good cast. Oh, is that solid? I mean, it's great news for Marvel, uh, but man, is that bad for? That's a bad sign for Hannibal. I'm kind of bummed about that, but you know, pleads at the same time. What are you going to do? Yeah, that is a uh... well. The only way Hannibal comes back is if Amazon wants to do it, and that's that is the only way because yeah, they Brian, own... Brian, or Brian Fuller just says, "Fuck it, I'm I'm making a movie." <laughs> oh sure. I mean, if he wants to make wants to redo the Hannibals as movies, I I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. I'm all for it because man, that dude is. I will. He'll just be making that it, American just, Gods. Just so. close it out. Close yes. it out, Firefly style, with a movie. Love it. That's how you do it. Uh, all right. So uh, for Glenn Bovane, Aaron DeLosa, I'm Anthony Lewis, and uh, we'll be back in a few months with uh, more podcasts from Parts Unknown. For more content like Who Made Who, Level Your Gear, the Gotham Podcast. Flashing Arrow podcast and the new horribly flawed and incredibly decisive podcast. Visit cinemageekly.com slash premium and part with just $12. That's 12 bucks for a year's worth of awesome content. What else could you buy for $12 that will last all year and give you hours of geeky entertainment?